Hi, and welcome to the Lessons with Leslie podcast, where I share all things self-love and becoming God's version of you. Are you a woman who struggles with loving yourself or seeing yourself the way God sees you? Where you're in the right place and you're also in good company because I used to be that woman too, but thankfully I am not her anymore. My self-love journey is full of valuable lessons that I'm eager to share with you. It is my hope that I can empower you to become everything that God had in mind when he created the unique masterpiece that is called you. And yes, I'm talking to you. Thanks so much for stopping by and hanging out with me today. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. I hope your weekend is off to a good start. Thank you so much for joining me today. In my last episode, I closed out the Eve Complex series with a lesson entitled, Was It Worth It? That was a four-part series, so if you haven't checked it out yet, I would highly encourage you to do so in your spare time. So I'm going to start another series today entitled Growing Pains, and today's lesson will have a subtitle of An Axe and a Butter Knife. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Self-love and growth go hand in hand, and we have to grow to get to the good part. And when it comes to our personal growth, we have to routinely analyze our life to see if we're making progress or if we've been stuck in the same place for quite a while and we don't even realize it. God never planned for his children to ride the struggle bus all our lives, live in the past, be consumed with what other people are doing, be in the same place emotionally, physically, spiritually, and even financially that we were a year ago. We should always be evolving, moving forward, and advancing his kingdom in the earth. It is something that he expects and he also requires of us. How do we get there? How do we improve our lives? How does growth happen? Now, of course, cultivating our relationship with God is going to always be first. We need to have a consistent prayer life. We need to do his word. Notice I didn't say just read it or know it, because that means nothing if we don't take action. And there will also be other believers that God will place in our lives along the way to sharpen us. Proverbs 27, 17, the New Living Translation states, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Now, if we can't be lovingly corrected or challenged to change, we will never grow. Our life will never improve beyond where we are right now because change requires confronting the behaviors, the patterns, and the habits that don't serve us or contradict who we say we are. Now, as Christians, we respond to one another either as an axe or a butter knife, and hopefully by the end of this lesson, you're going to be able to determine which one you are. So I'm going to explain this analogy and we're going to dig a little deeper into the whole concept of an axe and a butter knife. Now, butter knife, I'm sure we have all used a butter knife at once, you know, at some point in our lives. But just in case you haven't, let me tell you what it is. A butter knife, hence the name, is typically used to cut butter, spread butter. You can make a really good peanut butter and jelly sandwich with one. Or it can be used for any food item that is soft and doesn't require a sharp blade. The blade of this knife is totally dull, sometimes it's serrated or smooth, but it cannot cut through much of anything at all. So when it comes to an axe, what is an axe? And I'm sure we all know what an axe is. We've seen one and some maybe have even used one. But just in case you haven't, it is a tool that's used for chopping wood. It has a steel blade that is attached at a right angle and it has a wooden handle. So now we've defined what an axe is and what a butter knife is and what they're used for, and I'm going to compare them to our spiritual lives. 
The type of blade that we use as Christians will determine how effective we will be. So let's go ahead and talk about this butter knife first. Person who professes to live for Christ but has a butter knife mindset only wants to hear the soft things, the good things about themselves, things that don't challenge their fragile ego. Correction to them feels like character assassination, like how dare you? (laughs) They avoid healthy confrontation and they are the victim of their own story. They're experts at playing this game called blame. They hear correction with an ear of offense and with the ears of their past. They're prideful and they end up sending away or attacking the ones that God sent to help them. Proverbs 8, I'm sorry, Proverbs 9 verses 8 through 9, the Amplified Version, tells us what to do when we encounter these type of people, and it states, Do not correct a scoffer who foolishly ridicules and takes no responsibility for his error, or he will hate you. Correct a wise man who learns from his error, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will become even wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase his learning. So maybe as adults, we don't like correction because as kids, we were scolded and punished in a harmful way. Or we were told, you know, that we'd never be anything. We never get anything right. We're a failure. So as we get older, we hear with those same ears. We think people are putting us down or hating on us. But in reality, they are trying to help us see a version of ourselves that we haven't realized yet. But the most beneficial thing that we can do, no matter what age we are, is to be open to God's correction, even when it comes through people. Now, we may be, quote unquote, grown in years. Yes, you know, I have my own house. You work, you know, you pay bills. But our approach to God should always be with the reverence and awe of a child. Salvation through Jesus Christ provided redemption from our sins, reconciliation with God and eternal life. But... All the stuff that we were involved in prior to salvation, the way we behaved, our hangups, our character flaws did not automatically disappear. So if we were bitter, unforgiving, full of hate, jealous, sexually immoral before accepting Christ, then that sinful lifestyle will still be a struggle as a Christian. And that's why we have to allow God to refine us so that we become more and more like him. And this process is called sanctification, which is ongoing and it will never end. When it comes to an axe approach concerning our walk with God, the blade of an axe is heavy, it's strong, it's solid, it has the ability to do hard things. And when the blade is sharp, it can perform with ease. It doesn't require a lot of elbow grease or physical exertion. An axe with a sharp blade is a powerful and efficient tool. Now, when it comes to trying to chop down a tree, if you've got a butter knife, forget it, it's not happening. And even when using an axe, if the blade is dull, it's going to take more physical strength to get the job done and you'll end up doing double or triple the amount of work and probably even injure yourself in the process. Doing things in our own strength will wear us down. It causes unnecessary suffering. We'll be laboring with no results. If we're wasting time toiling in areas of our lives that we should already have victory over, then that means that our blade is dull and we're long overdue for a sharpening. Ecclesiastes 10 and 10, the Amplified Version states, if the axe is dull and he does not sharpen its edge, then he must exert more strength. But wisdom to sharpen the axe helps him succeed with less effort. So hopefully by now you've identified if your approach to your walk with God is that of a butter knife, meaning you want everything to be smooth and go your way. And if not, I mean, if so, if this is the case for you, it's not too late to change. 
Or your approach is, is that of an axe. You're willing to tackle hard things about yourself, but you just need a little sharpening in certain areas of your life like we all do. So are you ready to do some sharpening? So let's think about a pencil. It can't sharpen itself. And when you're writing with one and the point gets dull, it doesn't even write the same. And if the lead breaks, you really can't use it unless you sharpen it. Now, I don't have what it takes to sharpen a pencil by myself, no matter how hard I try. You know, I can't sharpen a a pencil with my bare hands or with my fingers. I've got to have a pencil sharpener or some type of blade. And we also can't become who we were created to be independent of God and other people. We definitely need him, but we also need each other too. So now let's discuss three things. How do we sharpen our lives? What does sharpening look like? And what does sharpening sound like? Now we're going to bypass what sharpening feels like because living by our feelings is what has caused our lives to get dull in the first place. So first of all, how do we sharpen our lives so that we don't stay stuck and can move forward? Now, just like an axe or a pencil can't sharpen itself, we must have God and other like-minded people to help improve our lives. We start with God's word, which is super sharp, it's precise, and it will never get dull, and it should be our go-to for everything. But reading, quoting, and being able to memorize his word means nothing if we refuse to do what it says. Hebrews 4 and 12, the ERV translation states, God's word is alive and working. It is sharper than the sharpest sword and cuts all the way into us. It cuts deep to the place where the soul and the spirit are joined. God's word cuts to the center of our joints and our bones. It judges the thoughts and feelings in our hearts. Now that I know how to sharpen my life through my relationship with God, his word, and other people, what does sharpening look like? Now, let me tell you, it's certainly not pretty. It's not a feel-good activity, so let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. With any sharpening process, there's friction, heat, sparks may fly. There is a grinding and tearing away of any buildup that has caused caused it to become dull in the first place. And we have to remember that our flesh is always in constant conflict with the spirit of God that lives inside of us. And being sharpened, it irritates our flesh and it will not like being called on the carpet. So instead of taking it personal, we have to remember the reason for the battle. And just like gold is purified by fire, the fire burns off the dross or the impurities from the gold. And the same thing happens when we sharpen each other. It's part of that sanctification process that I talked about earlier. So we've discussed how we sharpen our lives, what sharpening looks like. And now that we have this friction going, the sparks are flying. What does being sharpened sound like? When living from our flesh, our physical ears don't want to hear anything that challenges our way of doing things, even if it's coming from God, our pastors, our parents, trusted friends, or mentors. We take correction as being an attack from the devil. But think about it. Will the enemy to your greatness ever confront you about something that would make you better and more like Christ? Absolutely not. And we all have blind spots. I have them. Things that we're doing that are totally wrong. Maybe we're unaware or we've gotten comfortable and we don't want to change. And if we only want a yes man around us, someone that's going to agree with everything we do, tell us how lovely we are, tiptoe around our issues, ignore the elephant in the room, then they are no benefit to us, nor are we to them. 
I was talking with a very good friend of mine a couple of weeks ago, and we were both sharing some areas of our lives that God showed us that we need to be sharpened in. And we both agree that we're going to hold each other accountable and tell each other the truth in love. So don't let platforms, titles, or the number of years you've been saved convince you that there's no personal work to be done because there is, and it always will be, but we should not be struggling in the same area year after year after year. Now, God sharpening my life required that I be open to hearing some hard truths about why my life was in the state that it was in. And although what he said was unpleasant to my ears and my ego, his approach was full of compassion, mercy, and love. His chastisement felt like love to me. I knew that he was only doing it because he had more for me and he also expected more out of me. Hebrews 12, 6 and 11, the NIV translation states, Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Verse 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Now, we all know the difference between criticism and love. At least I hope we do. It has a different sound. Criticism sounds like someone is putting us down, saying mean and hurtful things to deflate our self-esteem, critiquing our every move, or picking our life apart. That is not sharpening. That's judging. Iron that has been sharpened before knows what the process feels like, so they will be gentle and loving even when telling you the truth. We know that they're right even when we don't we don't want to admit it because we're adults and we think we're grown and we don't take too kindly to someone correcting us. Even when it's done from a sincere place, we don't want any part of it. Now, a biblical example of dull people that were hard to deal with, stiff-necked, defiant, they didn't want to listen to God or the one he sent to lead them. Who might they have been? You guessed it, the children of Israel, God's chosen people whom he rescued from the hands of Pharaoh in Egypt. He prepared a promised land for them to live in. All they had to do was follow Moses' lead through the wilderness en route to Canaan. Everything they needed for the journey was provided. God defeated their enemies along the way, but they rebelled. They complained. They felt like going back to bondage was better than having their flesh challenged. They kept erecting idols when things didn't go their way. They gave God and Moses a hard time, and the journey took way longer than it should have because they refused correction. They flat out refused to change. And sadly, many of them missed out on the promised land for this very reason. So in closing, I know we're grown in age and maybe even in the number of years that we've been saved, but we must always be childlike when it comes to God. We must always be teachable even when it comes through people. So let's pray to have ears to hear and not through the ears of our insecurities, our trauma, our rejection, or our disappointment. Let's ask God to bring people into our lives to get rid of the dullness, to help sharpen us so that we in turn can help sharpen others too. And when he does, because trust me, he will be open to receiving what they have to say. Encouraging ourselves, that's great, but sometimes we won't confront ourselves beyond what feels comfortable. There's more inside of us and God has more for us, but it requires that we're open to having our weaknesses brought to the forefront so that we can correct them. So my advice to all of us is to let the grinding, the friction, the sharpening, let it happen. Welcome it. Embrace it. (laughs) As strange as that may sound, see it as a gift. 
wrapped in a beautiful bow from your Heavenly Father who truly loves you. If we keep taking the easy route by sparing our feelings, we will never see the best version of ourselves and we will only be a mere fraction of who God intended us to be. Yes, God really does have an amazing plan for your life, but part of that plan is being open to his correction, however he decides to send it. So ask God to place some iron in your path and let the sparks fly. You will be so much better for it. Thank me later. Thank you so much for hanging with me today. I appreciate you for coming back time and time again. Please join me on June 2nd for part two of the Growing Pain series. This lesson will be entitled Similac or Steak. And I won't give any spoilers, but trust me, you don't want to miss it. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend in advance, and I look forward to chatting with you again real, real soon. Take care. So this concludes today's episode of Lessons with Leslie. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I do appreciate it. In the description of this podcast, you will find my website and social media platform information, and I would love to connect with you there. I also look forward to chatting with you every first and third Friday of the month. In the meantime, remember that you matter because you do. In Christ, you will always be enough. You are never alone, and most importantly, you are eternally and unconditionally loved. Until next time, take care.